0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: <laughs> well, Vince... You ready for rapid fire? I'm always ready for rapid fire, baby. Let's go.
2: We can talk about some of this other stuff that happened this weekend as well. But let's start with this. Thanks for the super chat, Lou Holtz, Thunder and Bolts.
1: Love that name.
2: He asks, one year from now, Sam Hartman will, one, be a backup in the NFL, two, be playing in the CFL, three, a graduate assistant for a Division I program, or four, lead spokesman for Gillette.
1: Huh, think, uh, he's been replaced in the Gillette standpoint. So I, I think I'm going to cross off number four. I don't think he's ready to jump into coaching just yet. So I'll cross off number three. I think he's got a really good chance to be a backup in the NFL. I, I do. I, I think he's a smart kid. I think he you know, can work hard. Um, I, I think he's got backup written all over him. And I think he could be a guy who is a career backup. You know, gets a start here and there. You know, all of those different things. I think that could be Sam Hartman moving forward. I, I do.
2: Yeah, he's not going to go straight to the Canadian Football League because just like the way it works because of the the fact that their seasons. That's true. CFL is playing during the summer because it's colder right. up there and all that stuff. So, like, that is the time that you're devoted to NFL training camp. I could see CFL maybe in a year or two if things don't work out in the NFL and he decides he wants to play more and, and maybe sure. the CFL gives him some opportunities. I could see him actually having a very long and prosperous career yep, in I the do. CFL, actually. But mm. I think, you know, your definition of, of backup, I think that it is more likely that at least the start of his career is in the vein of Ian book. Like I can see practice squad to start off his career and kind of see where it goes from there. You know, like if we want to consider practice squad a backup, technically he's still a quarterback on and, you know, not the, the active roster, but practice squad. I, I, I think he's probably going to be kind of in that ballpark to start off his career. A year from now so whether he gets whether he gets drafted or you know late or ends up being an undrafted free agent I think that he's got it it, he'll at least be at the very least be a practice squad quarterback for an NFL team next year
1: you know I I will say this I think Sam Hartman is a better NFL quarterback potentially than Ian Book was okay with his skill set and so, I, if if Ian Book can cash an NFL paycheck, so can Sam Hartman. Now, Ian Book is not currently cashing an NFL paycheck. I was going to say he's believe. not anymore.
2: It lasted for two years, right? So. But he did
1: for two years. Yeah. And so, the question is: a year from now, I think he's going to be a legit backup, a legit backup.
2: So you th- you think he'll be a number two? I think he for could be somebody. a number two,
1: depending on mm. where he ends up. Yeah, I do, because I think whoever he gets drafted by, I think there's a chance he'll get cut. And then I think he'll survey the landscape, and he'll end up on a team that has very poor quarterback depth. And I think he'll ascend to the number two spot. All right. That's how I think it's going to go.
2: I'm curious to track it. By the way, did you ever find the soccer game? Were you
1: able to pull it, it up did. on your, your game's computer? Down one nothing. Oh, man. Early, huh? Yeah. There are. Man, that's only
2: like the second goal that Dowd has given up. Or is it Dowd? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dowd, the, yep. uh, the yep.
2: entire. The entire tournament.
1: I, I haven't. I didn't see how it happened, but it's one nothing. There's about ten minutes to go in the first half.
2: Yeah. Father David says, "Up there, you're practically in Canada, Sean."
1: <laughs> I think
2: South Bend would actually be a nice place for a Canadian Football League franchise. Remember oh, when that'd be great? Gosh, I guess it's been a while. It's a bit. It's probably been at least. Remember, like the CFL tried to uh, expand into the states, and I think they had a team they really in Vegas and yeah, like
3: different places
2: around the u.s it didn't quite work out but that would actually be kind of cool like use notre dame stadium some nfl football in the summer that'd be fun
1: i'd love that i'd love every second of that that'd be great
2: absolutely
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
3: This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. And there's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. And the holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to sell boundaries there are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com Irish. All right,
2: I got some other questions for you here as we Let's continue go. with Rapid Fire. Irish defensive lineman Howard Cross announced that he's coming back to Notre Dame for his sixth and final
1: season. Scale of 1 to 10. How important is Cross's return for the Irish? 273.4. <laughs> I think it's massively important. I think, I think that you could make an argument, even though Xavier Watts was the best player in college football, apparently on the defensive side of the ball, that you know, Howard Cross the third was the best player on Notre Dame's defense this year. I, I think that he was really, really good. He's just an interior defensive lineman, so he doesn't get a lot of love. You know what I mean? At least not nationally, although he was just put. He just made an All American by one of the services, so he's getting some love from somebody. But uh, I, I think it's incredibly important just to solidify the middle of that defense. Um, I I'm pumped about that. When I heard that he was coming back, that made me very excited about what this defense could be.
2: It's huge. I agree. Uh, I you know John said ten DK take it to eleven. You know because. Yep. To have an to have a guy one with the experience that he has, two to play at the level that he played at, like how many nose guards are their team's second leading tackler? Yeah. especially like when you're talking about a like a high quality, you know, high end Division one, you know, FBS program like Notre Dame, and he had yep. 64 tackles. You just don't see that from a nose guard, you know. And and so to do what he did to be able to come back and anchor the middle. Of that line, especially, I mean, you've already got for sure J.D. Bertrand and Maris Leafound gone, so you're losing experience with linebackers. And I know that that excites a lot of people, but for those young linebackers that are going to be coming in, yeah. get the playing time behind him to have a guy like that in front of him to chew up blocks and to be yep. destructive in the middle, the way he's able to, I think that that's that's just huge for them. And I mean, it took a while. But they finally let those defensive linemen get out there and hunt this season, and Howard Cross was uh, the the top hunter
1: on that squad. Agreed. Sorry, are I was you fixated reacting. on
2: soccer now that I, I, that I mentioned I, it? <laughs> I, I was
1: reacting to a clear foul in the box that they didn't call. Notre Dame should have had a PK, but uh, mm-hmm. that was terrible. Anyway, sorry. I'm focused on you now, Sean Stiers.
2: That's all right.
1: But, but I mean, you you're, you're, you're made all the points you made were 100 accurate. You just always come with stats. <laughs> and uh and all your stats are of course accurate but i mean it just reiterated the point that i made i mean he's he's just he's the anchor of that defense and and the effect that it's going to have like you said on those young linebackers is going to be yeah existential i mean yep. it, if he can eat up blocks and allow those guys with their speed and their length to just float around without you know having to deal with a bunch of guys in their face it's going to be huge it's going to be absolutely huge so if those young linebackers have a year it's, a lot of that is going to be attributed to Howard Cross.
2: Look, and you you usually don't see a guy like, like this because he's already been here for five years. He's coming back for year number six now. And for him to have a season like he just had, most guys would just say, look, my stock is never going to be any higher. I'm going to capitalize it. I'm going to go to the NFL. But he's going to come back. He wants to keep getting better. I think, you know, maybe like the fact that he's 288 has helped him, you know, like, the agility and stuff like that, but I think you know a little bit more, a little bit more girth probably helps yeah. him out for the long haul as well as he as he looks to the NFL a year sure. from now. Sure, now it's they just got to get. I, I you know I didn't even mention before we got a you know there's a Riley Mills decision pending yeah. potentially. Yes, there, there is. So still got that to look forward to. Man,
1: Hopefully. if he says he's coming back, man, I mean, how good do you feel about the interior of that defense? You know what mm. I mean? Woo. Mm. Love it.
2: Fill in the blank. Notre Dame getting the commitment of Clemson wide receiver Bo Collins is blank
1: needed. It was needed. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a nice fit uh, for Notre Dame. I don't. I don't know that he's like your quote unquote number one receiver or anything like that. But I think that you know bringing him in, he's got some size, he's got some length. A little worried about his injury history, you know that kind of a thing. But I. But I will say, I. I really like the fact that they targeted, I guess, look, they targeted three wide receivers, two of them. They've got two of them. Two of them are coming, right? And so I feel really, really good about the manner in which, you know, Marcus Freeman and his staff went after these guys. And I love the fact that they're like, yeah, we're in. You know what I mean? And as much crap as Notre Dame receiving core – has taken this whole season. These two guys who are arguably, you know, two of the, two of the top receivers in the portal. were like, yeah, we're coming to Notre Dame. I I think that says a lot. I do.
2: Absolutely. I think it says a lot for Notre Dame. It says a lot for, you know, what they're out there looking for in a quarterback. Since we know, you know, the quarterback, they want to land. He visited last week. I think that it all goes together. And, You know, again, just like Chris Mitchell, Mitchell is more, you know, going to play like field side, the Z type receiver. But, you know, you've got a little bit bigger body, 6'3", 210 out of Collins and more a boundary guy. And these this is immediate needs that they needed to fill, because even with the core of of relatively young talent, you know, high end talent that they've got coming back, you know, and Jaden Daniels is um, um, Jaden Thomas, rather
1: Thomas. Yeah
2: is, you know, talented as well, but he's, you know, kind of in, in the, uh, the, the older group. And so is Dion Colsey. I mean, you've got both of them, but to have guys who can address the immediate need of getting guys on the outside and one for each of those outside positions, I think is just really huge. I mean, you know, he's not necessarily, you know, like track champion or anything like that, but at at the same time, you know, he came, he, he was at Clemson, highly recruited Highly regarded. He's had a solid career. Like you said, you know, maybe some concerns with injury and stuff like that. But he addresses immediate need. And you've got a potential for a couple guys who can kind of help come in a little bit, a la Sam Hartman, you know, with the leadership in that quarterback room. They can potentially, you know, being veteran type guys, give some leadership to those young guys and kind of show them how to go about your work on a daily basis.
1: Yep, absolutely.
2: And they also added... Mike Brown, the guy from Wisconsin, and he is going to, what do you think about the fact that Brown is going to be able to come in and he's going to coach in the Sun Bowl?
1: I honestly shocked. I, I was shocked Me by too. that announcement. I That is not a normal set of circumstances because they already announced that uh, Jared Parker was going to coach the receivers. And now we get the announcement of Brown and and he's like, no, they're going to bring him in immediately. He's going to coach the receivers. He's going to coach in the bowl game. like. I I was very surprised by that, but at the same time, it's the right move. I I didn't think you could, I didn't know you could or couldn't do it, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, But I I love the move. Let him get in there and get his hands on these guys. He doesn't have to be a bystander during all these practices. Now that he's cleared, you know, with all the background check and all that stuff. And I mean, he gets to be there and he gets to be involved. He's not just sitting on the sidelines. I bet, you know, This We know that this wide receiving core needs an overhaul, right? From a coaching standpoint, that's why they made a change. And so I absolutely love the fact that he's able to just jump right into this thing. I'm excited.
2: I think if it was a quarterback coach, for example, like you could still do it, but I think it would be a little bit tougher just because you sort of have a specific philosophy. And I don't don't know that you'd necessarily want a quarterback coach kind of come in and, you know, kind of start tinkering between the end of the regular season and a bowl game. But when you're dealing with this specific situation, I think it makes a lot of sense for, yeah. for you know for a guy to to come in and at the very least kind of set try to set a, a new standard of fundamentals and just you know kind of how things are done, but yeah. also to it gives both him and the current guys on the roster kind of a chance to get familiar with each other before spring comes around. So I think that that can be really advantageous to both of them. And then, you know, once this, once the bowl game is done and you get into January, you get the new guys, the transfers coming in and, and whoever ends up coming in, you know, like early enrollees and stuff like that. So I think it's, I think it's awesome because they obviously decided that they needed to make the move, you know, with this, with Chancey Stuckey, and to be able to get Brown in having him establish his standards right away, I think is going to be really good for
1: everybody. And you make a really good point about the actual position that he's coaching because you can coach up a wide receiver without even knowing the playbook. Right. You know, you you can exactly. coach up you can coach a lot of fundamental things about wide receiver uh you know, I I don't care what the plays called. Like, you know, I know what route you're supposed to run here. I know how you're supposed to, you know, the the releases, the top ends of the routes, you know, blocking all of those different things. You can get a lot accomplished without being, you know, locked in on what the playbook says.
2: Michael says, if we don't define a number one receiver to be the face of the room, it's not going to work. Chemistry, rhythm, passing the ball comes from doing it in the big games with with confidence. They were definitely lacking a true number one. And it seemed to work early in the season, but I think for a myriad of different reasons, it didn't work as the season went on. But you, you have, with these two guys coming in, Mitchell and Collins, you've got the potential, you know, like, you've got number one type qualities, I think, in both of these guys.
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I guess I don't necessarily subscribe to the theory that you need a a number one receiver. I I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Um, If you have one, awesome. But I don't, I honestly don't think you need one. I I think this, I think this wide receiving room, wide receiver room, uh, you know, lacked identity, top to bottom. I think they lacked an identity. I think we all assume Jaden Thomas is going to be the number one guy and he got hurt. And then it was like, okay, now what do we do? You know what I mean? And so um, they they didn't have much of an identity this year and and you can blame whoever you want to blame or what, however you want to blame it. I just don't think they had an identity. They need an identity. And if a number one guy happens to be there, great. If he goes down, who steps up and takes that spot, that's what they didn't have. Right. And so that's what I think they need to figure out.
2: I concur with that. There was a comment that I was just looking at. Lloyd Christmas, what's up with Leonard, y'all? We got our first real Riley Leonard question. How confident are you as we sit here and wait for Riley Leonard's announcement that he's going to end up in blue and gold next year, Vince?
1: Scale of one to 10. Yeah. Nine and a half. Like, I feel really good about it. I don't, you know, I don't feel like it's going to be a case where, you know, he's going to go to Ohio State or anything like that. Like I feel pretty good about it. You know, um, I think it would have to make the more of a,
2: I think it'd be much more of a drastic. I was surprised at Ohio State's interest. I, I, I me like, too. It's an, not. He doesn't fit. He doesn't yeah, fit what they do. Like you. Yeah, you talk about changing like the system. That's completely outside. Now he's, you know, he's definitely more mobile. Like some of the guys. They have had before, but just from a passing standpoint, he doesn't seem like right. he's a fit for what they've been doing for a long time. Like he definitely brings more mobility than Cal McCord did, but sure, just a lot different. Yeah, I'm, I'm nine plus that he's going to end up here as well. And I just saw a question about whether or not he's a fit really doesn't matter at this point because <laughs> All signs are pointing to him being here. And again, like, I think you have to throw out what your vision of Notre Dame's system is because as much as anything, the fact that they are interested in Riley Leonard, I think shows you more about what Jared Parker actually wants to be than what we saw from the offense this year. And I think Jesse and I were talking about this last week. Remember the timing of, by the time Parker got hired, it was almost spring practice. So, like, is Jared Parker really going to just throw out the playbook that he had been working under for a year with, like, two weeks to prepare for spring? Is he going to throw away the playbook and try to implement all this new stuff at that point when you already have brought in Sam Hartman and all these different things? I think that if he's going to make drastic changes to what the offense is going to look like, this is the time to do it now a year later before
1: the offseason even gets here. Look at the quarterback. That he recruited, Deuce, right? Look at the quarterback that he recruited in the transfer portal, Riley Leonard. I think that gives you an idea of what he wants at quarterback. I think I you know, I I just feel like, you know, if given the option, that's who that's the kind of quarterback that he is going to go go after. And so we'll see if the offense now adjusts to the talent level of a Riley Leonard or whoever comes in. Um, you know we'll see the proof's in the pudding right we're we're not going to find out until September of of, of, uh, 2024 uh, because you're certainly not going to see a new playbook in a couple of weeks when they when they play uh, Oregon State so you know we're gonna have to see how it goes I, I believe that he was not running the offense that he ideally would like to run but we'll see
2: I agree with that as well Carberry Q wants to know how confident we are in Mickens staying as the DB coach.
1: I'm confident he's going to get job offers elsewhere. It just depends on whether he wants, if if they're to his liking or not. I, yeah. I, I would, I mean, okay. If, are we ranking? I would, like I would the,
2: hope that he wouldn't leave Notre Dame to go be like the coordinator at a Mac school or something like
1: agreed. that. Agreed. No, you know? I agree with that. Just, be just to get a the title. Just yeah. to get the title. Yeah. I would have a problem with that to be honest with you as well. Um, The only way I could see him leaving is if he got a head coaching job or a coordinator at a power five, I could see that being the case. (sighs) I just feel like there's a lot to keep him here though, too. You know, there's a lot to keep him here. There's a lot of talent in his room that he's got that he can really make a name for himself if he sticks around. And I'm not saying that he's the, you know, the, the, the heir apparent to Al golden. It's a pretty solid situation well, that he's sitting in currently. And I know, think we talked about this next year. year or, you know, the year yeah. beyond or whatever. Like yeah. the the NFL
2: regular season has, I think it's four more weeks, and at that point, you're going to start to see a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, coaches are going to get lopped off. They're going to be sure. head coaching opportunities that are going to come open. Coordinators are going to get promoted to head coach in some cases, and all new staffs are going to be hired. And Al Golden is going to be. On the you know at the top of a lot of lists for some of those jobs, you know specific he's not going to become an NFL head coach, but he's gonna he's most likely going to be a fairly sought after yeah. defensive coordinator. Agree in the NFL, so like that's what you're going to have to keep an eye on is a month from now when that stuff starts happening. You know, you does Mike Mickens get promoted? to defensive coordinator, if Al Golden leaves, you know, those kind of things. Like right. in, in the meantime, you do kind of have to start thinking about, okay, what other title can we give him? How much more pay raise can we give him, you know, to keep him around here? You know, if, if that comes up, how good sure. is the possibility or, you know, how, how good is the, the coordinator position potentially that he gets offered to get him to leave all those different kind of things. Yeah. So there's
1: going to be a lot. Again, I think,
2: I think when yeah. NFL stuff starts happening here within the next, you know, three or four weeks. That's that's when you're really going to have to kind of be on high alert for some of these guys,
1: right? Yeah.
2: Fill in the blank. It's blank that Michigan quarterback JJ McCarthy got a first place Heisman vote.
1: <laughs> Does a sigh work for that? I mean, who? I mean, who placed that vote? Do they say who placed that vote? Because it had to have been a Michigan beat Rider who graduated from the school like right. that's the only way that he should have gotten a first place vote
2: or is covering the school like come on i was shocked that ollie gordon from oklahoma state and cody schrader from missouri each got first place votes as well come on like my first instinct was take the votes away from these guys but at the same time there's so many people who vote for the Heisman I know like I mean I know that there's no like you know like former Missouri Heisman winners who are out there casting a vote but Desmond Howard could have thrown J.J. McCarthy a vote you know like Charles Woodson could have thrown J.J. McCarthy a vote because yeah. they get
1: votes as well That's, this you is know. true so yeah that-
2: Okay, it would not surprise me if threw It was definitely in Desmond the first Howard. Place vote,
1: right? It was definitely <laughs> Desmond Howard. I'm saying it now. Put it out on Twitter, whatever. Desmond Howard voted JJ McCarthy first place for the Heisman. That's what happened. Yeah, because he would do something like that. Right. I'm sorry. He would. He would.
2: Maybe Barry Sanders threw Ollie Gordon a vote out there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, raise you your hand tell- if you had seen oh. Ollie Gordon do anything. <laughs> Did you, well, how, like, I don't know. I guess everyone's entitled to throw their vote the way they want. But the fact that those three guys got votes, is just.
1: That's laughable.
2: Yeah. It's like, do you actually take your vote seriously? Come on. I guess you can tell that guy at some point at a dinner party that you gave him your first place vote when it comes to it. (sighs) Wow.
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices.
3: Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: So Vince, you were there when the Bears knocked off the Lions yesterday, and now they remain in line to get the number one pick in next year's draft because Carolina is one in 12. And of course they traded last year's number one pick. They swapped number one picks with Carolina. So where are you right now in terms of what the bears should be doing? Are you team keep Justin Fields? Mm. Are you team trade the pick or are you team draft Caleb Williams or Drake May? potentially drake may who just declared for the draft today i think right around the time the show was starting as a matter of
1: fact drake may is nowhere on the decision list okay for me so really what it comes down to are the three the first three options that you gave right do they keep the number one pick and draft caleb williams oh what's up no i'm just that's, oh that's, I'm number it, that's, gotcha. that's number one gotcha so you draft create caleb williams and then number two trade it away Okay, and number three, Marvin Harrison Jr. Right? Those right. those are I, oh those
3: are
2: the, Marvin Harrison Jr. Even okay, so he's in your oh
1: no, yeah, he's up there because you want because if you're gonna stick, I with didn't Justin even think Fields, about that. But if I'm if I'm the Bears, that might be if if you're sticking with Justin Fields, you've got to put you've got to put weapons around. Now him.
2: remember, they get their own pick as well, but that's falling because they're winning games now, right? So.
1: Right. As a Lions fan said to me as we were walking out, he goes, I just don't understand it. Could have been a win-win. We win the game. You get a better draft pick. I don't get it. It was funny. Um, Let me but, ask. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I honestly, at this point, I would like to sit in a room with Caleb Williams, to be perfectly honest with you. I See where sit his head a... is? Yeah. I, I need to know where, because we've heard just ridiculousness coming out of his camp about how he wants to own part of the team, which is illegal, by the way. But... Just all of this different nonsense that he wants to, you know, do. I, I need to get in a room with him and find out where his head is, number one. I think you can get some capital by trading Justin Fields as well. There's there's going to be NFL teams that would take him as their starting quarterback. So there is that, right? So I don't know what I would do right now, Sean. I really don't. I, I like what Justin Fields brings to the Bears, I, I think he can be a winner, but you, you've you've got to help him out. You've got to you've got to help him out on both sides of the ball.
2: They got him DJ Moore. I like that. The problem with they what did. he's got, DJ Moore, is really good. Mooney is not bad. But right, you saw it yesterday. Like just the natural with that low arm slot that Fields has. There were a couple throws, handful of throws that should have been layups. But he kind of gets underneath the ball, and they sail a little bit, you know. And instead of high percentage throws, they sail, and because he's got those short receivers out there, that you know that's an issue. They definitely need to get him a bigger target. And I hadn't really even considered the Marvin Harrison thing. Like, are you really going to take Marvin Harrison at number one? I think there's probably a better chance. Well, you trade the pick. There you go. Trade down. Yeah,
1: I I think that you look at a trade possibility there. You you got to pit. Let's see what happens as far as, like, where the draft order comes, right? But you've got to pit some of those teams against each other, and I'm all for it. If you decide that just – like, that's the first decision that needs to be made. Can you win with Justin Fields? If the answer is yes, now you've got to pit some teams against each other to right. get the best draft, you know, capital that you can for that number one pick and hope that you can either land – got to land – Top offensive tackle, you got to land a top wide receiver. If you can land Marvin Harrison Jr. and the best offensive tackle, Joe Alt, then you're going to be in great shape moving forward. See, and that's the know? thing
2: too is the Bears have a horrible history of drafting offensive linemen in the first yeah, round. Do. Like, I think it's literally been like twenty plus years since they've gone after an offensive lineman in the first round. The fact that they've got two picks, like if they're that, that Joe Alt is a You know, great that you said, you know, they could really use a left tackle. And Fields has really started to turn the corner here. I mean, it's, you know, it's easy to forget he was injured for a while, you know, and like since he came back, they are playing better. You know, he does stand in the pocket, I think, a little bit too long sometimes and kind of eat some sacks as a result. But, man, he can do some things with his legs once he gets going. And, you know, somebody said that he's better than Caleb Williams. It's true he's better than Caleb Williams now, but it's also taken him three years sure. to get to this point. But I, I agree. I think if you continue to put some pieces around him, that he can be dangerous, and that offense could really be dangerous.
1: Because I, you know, I I think he's done a good job of adjusting his game from his rookie year until now as well. Like he's willing to slide now. He wasn't so willing to slide, right? You know, his first year, and that's what led to some of those injuries, right? I mean, he he has perfected the slide, let me tell you. I mean, he slid for no gain uh, in that game yesterday. So, you know, he he's definitely adjusted his game, and I think you can win with Justin Fields. So I guess if you're going to, you know, press me for an answer, which is fine, I, I would say you stick with Justin Fields and you package up the best thing you can get and still keep your original pick as the Bears, right? Yeah. And then you see, okay, Get these teams underneath us, you know, with the Panthers pick, right? You get those guys fighting with each other. Who wants Caleb Williams? Who wants them? You know what I mean? Who can give me the best? And then you drop down to like a five or a six, you know, maybe in that neighborhood, maybe like a a four through six. Then you can still get that stud left tackle. You can still potentially get that wide receiver with, you know, your Bears pick, wherever Mm -hmm. that ends up being. I mean, there's things that you can do, and then you load up on the back end as well another second round another third round for that yeah. first round pick you know
2: and then oh, potentially potentially get another hot you know another first round pick next year because you trade you know like an extra yes. first round pick
1: next year yeah because you trade it
2: down a little 100%. bit
1: 100 yeah 100 percent. yes absolutely Yep,
2: yeah. that would that would make a lot of sense when you're a team that that has a lot of needs yeah you're exactly right i think that you're
1: better off going that route than necessarily keeping that because they've got some pieces i mean they have some decent pieces already in place you just gotta gotta keep adding to it
2: everybody loves montez sweat as well yeah that guy is nasty man
1: and and he seems to be a good fit kind of culturally for the bears you know with that that monsters of the midway kind of a deal and he says all the right things you know talks about the coaching staff and You know, he had a quote about uh, Eberflus and how he's held the team together through some rough times early, but now they're starting to roll a little bit. I was going to say,
2: these few weeks have been big for Eberflus as well, because he was was approaching the hot seat, but I mean, (laughs) that's a signature win for him to get that win yesterday. I
1: agree. I agree.
2: All right. A lot of controversy with the Chiefs, with wide receiver Kadarius Toney being flagged for the offsides last night. Which led to the potential game winning touchdown at the end of the Chiefs Bills game being uh what negated, I guess. Chiefs head coach maybe. Andy Reid said that the offsides flag is embarrassing. Do you buy or sell that? What do you think about this whole situation?
1: Who was he referring to? Embarrassing for the, the flag Chiefs?
2: being thrown was
1: embarrassing. Should have been embarrassing that, the that your threw kid, the flag. So it's embarrassing that your kid can't line up. Like I I saw some video actually right before the, before the show, I was kind of surfing Twitter and I was looking and they, they, there was a, somebody had a camera on him as he was lining up and he looks over at the line judge, like you're supposed to do as a wide receiver to check whether you're on or off the line of scrimmage. Something that a wide receiver does from the day they start being a wide receiver, like middle school, you teach a kid, Hey, look over, make sure you're either on or off. He looks over at the official before he's even set, but he doesn't even wait for a signal from the official to tell him whether he's on or off. Right. So he didn't do the little thing that you need to do to make sure that you're on or off the line of scrimmage. Well, it's embarrassing for Tony that he was offsides. I'm sorry, you were offsides. And that's it, the flag.
2: That's exactly right. What's more embarrassing is like the whole Patrick Mahomes meltdown as a result. It's yeah, it's really, seriously. It was, it's baffling, you know, and I know, Mahomes apologized for it today but it's baffling that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes wanted to, I mean I guess you're not going to point a finger at your own guy but they're talking about oh this is never called and all this stuff well actually there's been a lot about the fact that it had been called like 11 times and it actually there was an offensive offsides in the Cowboys Eagles game last night afterwards huh. that was called and Dan Orlovsky did a good breakdown like I saw him, he went back and watched every play, and he showed multiple times where Tony was lined up in the same position. It just was never called at that point. So, like there's two sides to that. One the fact one, the fact that he lined up like that all night and they never called it. But two, you know, then then they did call it in this one specific instance. But he never was checking with the officials, you know, on or off the whole time. That's the biggest problem.
1: That's the biggest problem. Because
2: they'll 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 let you, you know, if you check with them, they'll just tell you back up a little bit. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And he never checked all night.
1: That that was just
2: a bad receiver bad fundamentals, bad receiver. You know, he's dropped balls all year long. Like Michael Hahn knows he's a Giants fan. The fact that they wasted a first round draft pick on him four years ago, like, every giants fan knows this is just not a good nfl receiver that's what the chiefs have they've never gone out and replaced tyreek hill right with a real receiver and that's why they're stuck with Kadarius tony it's like the guy made a mistake you just got to eat it it's that's yeah. what it comes down to it's your mistake it's nope. not the official's mistake they they threw a flag they should have been throwing flags all night on it and they never did
1: And so i i have an issue with that right if it's a if it's a penalty then you throw the flag right now it's not like they threw the flag after they scored the touchdown. Right.
2: They threw it, it at was the immediate. snap of the football. It was right.
1: immediate. Right now, as soon as they snapped the ball, it was a flag. And you can see the guy throwing it in the air, right? So, you know, you can be upset, but they need to redirect their anger inward. In the right. right. It, it, it's That's exactly your right. fault. Sorry. Don't blame other people. You can be upset that the winning touchdown was called back. You should be upset that the winning touchdown was called back. It's not the official's fault.
2: Right. Sorry. I mean, it sucks because it was a crazy great play.
1: Yeah, it was it awesome.
2: Happens sometimes. I mean, you know. I've got one last question for you tonight. Oh, boy. So, Jimmy Traina from the SI Media podcast, he, he, he tweeted this photo recently, and he talked about it on his podcast last week. He went to dinner with a friend, Okay, and the friend orders oh, a yeah, burger, And a chicken sandwich, no sides, no French fries, no tater tots, none of that, just a burger and a chicken sandwich. So he says his friend is deranged because during dinner, rather than like eat the entire burger first and then eat the entire chicken sandwich second, he was alternating bites of each during his meal. So I ask you, Vince, food connoisseur, What's the right call here? How do you eat if you're getting two sandwiches? Do you alternate or do you have to eat all of one before you go to the other?
1: Uh number one, you know me well enough to know <laughs> I eat all of something and then all of something else. That's how my daughter is. Like if, if you give her five else. things
2: on her on her plate, she will go like around the plate she will save the best thing for last. Oh. She will eat all like of that. All of each of the five things before she goes to the next.
1: That's that's actually really smart. I usually eat the thing I like the most first. Thanksgiving, I, generally... I
2: had to tell her, you know, you don't have to stuff yourself with all this other stuff before you get to your favorite thing. You can have some right.
1: bites of, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, I first we're talking about the burger situation, uh-huh. and the chicken sandwich situation. You right, eat one sidetrack there. Then you eat the other. Period. So like, you're
2: you're definitely all of one, then all of the oh, other.
1: 100 percent. The only time I mix and match, like if I have a steak or something like that, I'll dip it in the mashed potatoes and then get in there, you know, get a little 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 mix of texture. But most of the time I'm eating one thing, then I'm eating the other. 100 percent
2: Sloppy Joe says, What's wrong with that? Joe Allen says, whatever way you want. And I definitely fall towards that. Sure. I and then Fred says, I'd eat the burger and the chicken together. So to just smash them on top of each other. <laughs> I would, I would go the alternating route personally. Uh, I like a little really? variety. Yeah. It's like wow. oh, I'm gonna have a little bit of the oh, burger no. and a little bit of the chicken. That's
1: that's mix communist. it up a little bit.
2: That's right. <laughs> So maybe There's
1: I'm the no deranged way. one. I, I think know. you are. I think you are. I, I do like Sloppy Joe right here. But I would you also
2: know, have like different sauces, I think, for each, you know, like a little steak sauce, a little ketchup, a little mustard, you know, like for the chicken, I'd have a little hot sauce, a little ketchup, whatever it happens to
1: be. Sloppy Joe says I treat food like nom, no rules. <laughs> yes. That's right. was actually- you
2: weren't in Nam, man. <laughs> you weren't in Nam. you jive turkey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you call me a jive turkey.
2: I think it was Saturday. I'm flipping around. That movie was on. (laughs) And when I flipped it over, they were just getting into that scene.
1: And you sat there and you laughed. Oh, I did, man. (laughs) Awesome.
2: Spinning the gun around. That's great. (laughs) We're
1: saying naughty things
2: because they're not true. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Tropic Thunder. Or not Tropic Thunder. Um, what was it? Tropic
1: oh, uh, uh, It's the basketball Tropic. one where he's in the ABA with the Tropics. Is it just the Tropics? That's the, the the just the tropics? Yeah. No, that's not the name of the the movie. Semi-pro. Semi-pro, semi-pro Yeah, They're the Tropics. Yeah. They're the Tropics from Flint, Michigan. That's right. makes zero <laughs> sense. <laughs>
2: oh. uh, Irish Marine 51 A1 with meatloaf. I like a meatloaf sandwich with a little Heinz 57 and mustard on it mm. that's my that's my go-to right there dk flint tropics that's right mike there we go semi-pro
1: so you can always count on our people Nailed it for us oh, you yes. can always count on our people
2: all right well another one in the books and uh it doesn't look like we had and, any more and we're still waiting <laughs> we're still waiting for more breaking news to drop
1: that's right <laughs> <sighs> here we go
2: so who knows i expect this week to be very eventful though in terms of breaking news so
1: I do, too. I do, too. Because they, to, they need to get something figured out here.
2: Yep. When it breaks, so, we'll put a Band-Aid on it for you. And we'll be here right. and we'll talk about it.
1: Notre Dame's still down one to nothing. Start of the second half. So, All right. Not good. You have to go
2: watch. Get some goal scoring going here. That's right. Good luck in the national championship game. All right. That's going to do it for tonight. He's Vince. I'm Sean. Hit the like button if you would before you leave tonight. And, of course, Subscribe, rate, review on your podcast platforms, and we will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.